That was pathetic football. Right, have a look at the board. I've made some changes. Welcome back to Magnet Movers, episode two of the podcast. My name's Johnny Bowen, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Josh Danger Ranger. Good morning, Josh. Mate, it is it is so good to be here. I can't believe we've got to episode two. I thought we'd be one-hit wonders, but we're back. Mate, surprising I got out of the G alive last Thursday <laughs> after the legions of Magnet Movers almost corralled me in the stands, but luckily we escaped uh, midway through the fourth. Uh, <laughs> I didn't stay at the end, mate. I didn't stay no, at the end. No, shout out to my beautiful partner, Victoria. We we went. She's a big Brisbane fan, and uh, they got absolutely poleaxed. So that was tough to look, watch. Look, it wouldn't have been a great game to be at as a as a Brizzy fan. Yeah, and and some some in this room predicted that they did. Th- that they wasn't did. me. Uh, it was me, thank you. Yeah, so well done on that. I, I forgot to bring you the water bottle that I owe you. Actually, in fact, I now owe you two because I got you to shout me on this one. <laughs> Look, not a strong start. No. Not a strong start. But that's all right. We'll, we'll crack into it. You're right. I, I did call it. I know my footy tipping. You do. Um, you wouldn't know that by how I've actually tipped so far this season in the comps I'm in. But going well. for this podcast... It's looking good. I've turned it up here. Mate, how was the weekend in sport? Did you did you consume much? What, what did you do? What did you like? I'll tell you what I didn't like. Oh. And that was Hawthorne on Friday night, mate. I was at the footy. And I, like you, did not get through to the end of the game. Oh, no. I, um, I, I left like, like in two minutes into the final quarter, mate. I was like, nah, this is this is atrocious. Yeah. So, um, yeah, didn't, didn't love that at all. Okay. Um, but... Watched a fair bit of hockey, um, enjoyed that. Watched a bit of State of Origin, that was pretty good. Um, bit boring at the end, but, you know, it was pretty good. How about you, mate? What did you What did you see? Lots of footy this weekend. I, um, I was quite lazy, actually, Sunday. Couldn't make it the three tra- uh, train stops it would have taken me to get to the G. Uh, the weather sort of put me off a bit, so oh, I, watched, I watched the Pies uh, uh, on TV, which was which was lovely. We, um, we almost gave it away late, but we were... We were good enough. We didn't kick straight, but we we're probably five or six goals better than the Giants on the day. But you know, you know, ended up being ten points. Watched a very, very disappointing game Saturday night. St Kilda were pathetic, and um, but then I, I caught the end of Richmond and Geelong, which mm. seemed like a cracker. So what an absolute belter! And speaking of Richmond and Geelong, mate, probably the biggest talking point of the week came out of that game. Obviously, as you said, it was an unbelievable game, but uh, the send off rule. Mm. Has been brought up after the uh, the hit by, I believe, Tom Stewart on uh, the human meatball, Dion Prestia, um, completely poleaxed him, yeah. smashed him. It yeah. was it was brutal. For those who haven't seen it, Dion uh, had the ball, quickly got rid of it, and Tommy Stewart's come along, elbow straight into the face. I don't know how else to describe it. It was uh, at full force. Like it was it was hard. Yeah. Um, and so as a result, they've started talking about mainly your man, Kane Corns, has, has brought man. up um, should there be a send off rule? What are your thoughts? Yeah. It, it's not often that, that Kane and I uh, are at odds. We, we ground most things. A good, good friend of mine is, and the show as well, <laughs> Kane is. So thanks, Kane. Uh, I don't think it's required. Yeah. I think the advantage it gives the other team and. Like as you see in other sports in like the NRL, which we'll, we'll cover later on, and, and soccer, that having one less player, it, it's 
I think it's almost too big of an advantage in such an endurance game like the AFL. And especially a team like Tom, like a player like Tom Stewart in Geelong and how he fits into their system, I just think it's so much to cost a team within that. I think, yes, he's done the wrong thing. It, I don't think it was... Yeah, I think he obviously chose to bump, but I don't think he... His intention wasn't to really hurt Prestia. And yep. I, I think he's going to be punished enough... Uh, in the in the coming weeks, I don't think the send off rule is going to be good for the game. But what do you think, mate? Well, I just I, I probably agree with you, but to just sort of um, you know sort of play devil's advocate, like you know you say, obviously it'd be a huge disadvantage to lose to lose Tom. Mm. But in that game, it was a massive disadvantage for Richmond to lose Dion for the game. Yeah. So where do you where do you draw the line of advantage and and disadvantage? I I agree. I don't think there should be a send off rule mainly because. Can you imagine if Razor Ray was in charge of a send-off rule? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we, we'd have seven players on the ground by the end of the match if Razor Ray had a day out. Yeah, um, this is true. So I can only imagine him. Um, if, you know, you started back-chatting, he'd probably send a, send a player off. Mate, the descent <laughs> oh, mate. could get your flick from Razor. <laughs> oh, dear, you'd be gone. So I think, um, yeah, umpires have, and we've we've talked about it all season, every... Every media outlet is talking about... Us included. Us included now. Yeah. <laughs> is talking about umpiring and how, how difficult it is. And everyone's sort of saying that the stand-up umpiring has been so low this season. I think the last thing we need to do is make it harder for them. And I think a send-off rule would make it a lot harder. Yeah. Um, so that's probably my concern. But I do think there is an issue where... Um, they did get an advantage as a result of this Geelong for that game. Mm. Obviously, as we said, Tom will miss out on a, a few weeks of footy. Um, but, yeah, I do think there was an advantage. So I don't know what the solution is. I don't think a send-off rule is, though. Yeah, do you think that the sub was brought in almost to to combat that that loss of a player? If somebody does get injured, you can you know essentially replace them with, with the medical sub. I, well, I think that might be the idea of it. Mm. And I guess maybe it's difficult to emulate because obviously if the, the sub player was as good as the player in the 22, you'd just pick him. Yep. Um, yep. <laughs> but yeah, I think the sub is designed to fix that. Mm. But yeah, it, it, it is interesting that, it, yeah, I don't know. Because you're right, they do get a massive advantage by keeping Stewart on the ground and Prestia get going off the ground. Mm. And then Stewart had a cracker of a game. Yeah, it was he probably was, best on. To yeah, be honest. About, yeah, like he from that point on, he was like, "I better do something now." Um, so he had a he had a really good game. So maybe with the send off, or maybe you, you send a player off like Stewart, and they get to bring their sub on instead. So they've lost him, oh. but haven't lost a player for the game. I don't know. That's just a possibility. But I'm not quite sure what the solution is. I just don't think it's a send off rule. Yeah, would you would you be open 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 to trialing like a sin bin or something similar to that? Like you're off for a quarter or for fifteen minutes or something. Yeah, I think so. I think a sin bin could potentially work. Again, I am scared of what Razor could do. We could do <laughs> with a trip. sin bin. <laughs> Sorry, Razor, good friend of the show as well. We don't want to clip you too hard. But <laughs> oh, I'll go after Razor every week, mate. I'll happily do it. I'm a Razor fan. Oh, I'm not a Razor <laughs> fan at all, I tell you. He adds theatre. He adds something, that's for sure. Um, but, yeah, look, I'm I'm not quite sure what the solution is. Maybe, maybe a sin bin. A sin bin could be good if... You know, as you sort of said, maybe for 10 or so minutes, you're off. Or probably, you probably need longer, don't you? Because 10 is probably just a 
good stint on the bench. So probably maybe 15 or 20 minutes and you go from there. So maybe it's not a bad idea, mate. You should let the AFL know about that. Yeah, I'll text. That. Yeah, I'll, I'll send a shit, shit off a message to Giller yeah. and, and the but, like. But yeah, I was also thinking, in, obviously Razor A and umpires are doing it tough at the moment. Do you think there's some scope for maybe the MRO or the MRO to adjud- have like a match adjudicator that could pick someone? Like you're sitting on the side, you have access to like big or to like the screens and stuff and say Stuart hits Presley the way that he did and then I don't know whoever it is maybe it's Michael Christian or whoever it is for that game has a look at it and goes nah that's that's not on you're off so the, the responsibility is taken away from the umpires and then put onto someone who can be quote unquote deemed an expert in you know sin bins yeah I, I like it in theory my I think it does sound really good my problem is we've seen Every year, there's always a few arc decisions that we, we, oh, we disagree love with. <laughs> oh, <mate>. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how they could get some of the stuff they do wrong. Um, you know, if we just think back a couple of weeks to, to Richmond and Carlton, there was that goal in the final quarter that was called touch, and um, every Richmond you fan talked to thought it was touch. Carlton didn't, and you're probably impartial fans. are probably 50-50. I just don't think the arc always gets it right, and I do mm-hmm. worry... Um, about if they get it wrong again, even with with the expert there, I do worry what that could do because, you know, I'm sure you know Michael Christensen. He'd have obviously time to look at the footage multiple times, read through, check rule books if he has to. He doesn't have to make a ruling in five minutes. No, he can take two hours if he needs to. Whereas obviously in the game, you know, make it quickly, especially if you know if something happens ten minutes ago in the last quarter. Yeah, you make a decision pretty quickly. You know, and that could cost a team a game. If you send a player off, they're best forward, and they lose by a point. That could be a massive decision. So I think early in the game that'll work well. I just throw in the last quarter. Mm. Could they make the decision quick enough? Yeah, and maybe it gets a little bit like the NBA where the, the referees are known to sort of swallow their whistles late and they don't make as many calls late in the game. Because, yeah, you're right, it could be yeah deeply impactful to a side winning a, a premiership or even a final but I think the more we talk about it, the more I go back to I think your idea with the sub could be the moneymaker. There we go. If, if, say, Tom Stewart hits Prestia and old mate Max Holmes from the Pine comes on and Matty <laughs> fill his role. <laughs> no, I, look, I, I, I think maybe that's the that's the best solution. And Just humbly, you reckon? <laughs> Just you humbly, humbly think your idea is the best. That's right. <laughs> I'm backing it, mate. I'm backing no, it. I'm you on board with it. I'm no, it's it. good. It's really it's good. good. We'll, uh, we'll let we'll let Gil know. But mate, speaking of speaking of send offs, there was a big send off on Sunday night in a sports allowed to have your sin bin, uh, the the state of origin game two over in WA. What'd you think, mate? Yeah, I, I would like to. I'm not the I'm not the hugest like rugby league fan. I want to go out on a limb and say that, I, but I enjoy I enjoy the sport a lot, and I find mm. especially this time of year, state of origin is very easy to get into. It's all I think. Similarly to AFL, if you grow up with it, you just love the footy. And yep. I can see that passion from some friends of mine that love the NRL and, and State of Origin and things like that. I'm a bit of a, I would say a weak fan. Because in the, <laughs> in the State of Origin, I'll be honest, I was going for New South Wales on Sunday night. That's disgusting. Because I wanted a game three. Oh, yeah. So okay. like, yep. I'm more like, I want more things to watch. So a game two, I'm like, I want New South Wales to win because I want there to be a game three in Queensland 
in which I'll be going for Queensland. Okay. Like I was going for Queensland in game one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So that's frowned upon, I believe, in, in the fraternities of Queensland and New South Wales fans. I believe so. They don't like chopping and changing. It's one or the other. Mm. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a big, you know, being a Victorian and Queensland fan, I lived in Queensland for a couple of years um, and so I watched a fair bit of it and uh, it's fair to say game two did not live up to the high standards and the excitement that the game one brought. It was, um, that second half was a bit of a fizzer. Yeah, it was. And I think the the New South Wales gents really flexed their muscle and uh, they obviously capitalised on, on a, someone being sent off and they just, I mean, Nathan Cleary, poor, geez, he tore it apart, didn't he? Just score on left, right and centre. Yeah, <laughs> was indeed. <laughs> yeah. It was indeed. Yeah, no, look, it was... Um, yeah, whether or not the player should have been should have been sent off is is up for debate. I think it was probably the right decision. Yeah. Um, and look, it, it probably did change the game a little bit. It did, you know, they obviously scored once, I believe, when he was off, and um, probably tired out quite a few of the the Queensland players because in that last sort of thirty minutes of, of football, it was mm. it was one way traffic, and um, I was I was sort of half watching the game. I was. I had on the iPad watching whilst uh, my wife and I had a, a show on TV and I'd sort of look up to watch show on TV for five seconds and I'd look back down and Queensland had turned the ball over again and New South Wales seemed to have it again somehow and every, every time it was just um, just such one-way traffic and Queensland were just so poor in that second half. Like Billy Slater's got a lot of work to do the next couple of weeks to, to turn that around because that was, that was embarrassing that second half. Yeah, and do you, do you think that you feel a little bit like that because they... Would you say they played above themselves in game one? Look, I think so. Yeah. I, obviously, New South Wales were the, the hot favourites. And even again, after, it's not often you lose a first game in a series and you go into the second game still red-hot favourites, which mm. New South Wales did. So, obviously, the favourites, and it was a bit of a shock for Queensland to go into New South Wales and and grab the win. Um, but even that first half, Queensland still looked pretty competitive. Good, I think it was, yeah. was it 14-12 at half time? It was yeah. still it was still sort of anyone's game, you felt. And again, New South Wales were probably on top, but you thought, hey, if Queensland can get the first try and sort of make it into a dogfight for 40 minutes, you never know. But um, yeah, it just, just didn't happen. So game three will be, be interesting. What's your tip for, for game three, mate? What are we what are we tipping? Look, oh, I love a narrative in sport, and I think... I think Queensland at home, I would love to see him get it, but I think New South Wales are a better side. I think they've just got too many good players, and obviously Origin, they can't, they don't train all year and and whatnot until like to build into that real team like continuity and things like that. And I think sometimes, you know, the old sporting adage of like a team of champions doesn't beat a champion team, yep. but I think in this case it does. <laughs> <laughs> So I'll be supporting Queensland, but I yep. think New South Wales will get the chockies. Yeah, look, I I love to disagree for the sake of a bit of rivalry on the podcast, but I have to agree with you. I think New South Wales will win. I'm going to go with a a 26-10 win. There okay. you go. There's your final score. Game three, you heard it here first. If it's right, just call me the guru because it'll be 26-10 New South Wales. Wow. I'm going to go slightly closer. I'm going to go 14-18. to 18. Oof, low scoring, absolute dogfight out there in uh, in Queensland. Suncorp Stadium, I believe it will be held at. Yep. That may not be true. It is good. 
I'm 98% sure it's Suncorp Stadium. Yeah, I think everything big in, in the NRL is there. So, I think so. But yeah, I, yeah, I think it'll be a dog fight. I'll keep it close. And um, I think Cleary's magic will we'll pull through. I think he's excellent. He, I mean, oh, mate, that second half from him, he was... And some of those tries, just cut through them. Like, it was yeah. like he was playing, you know, sort of teenage under-18 players. He was just smashing through them. Yeah, um, I, I watch a bit of him in, in the NRL, and I love how he kicks. Mm. Like, I feel like he has adopted some things from AFL into how he kicks, like those, like, dribble passes. And, they, oh, he's, he's, oh, he's compelling. Mm, he's no, very, very good. No, it's, it's, it's good to watch. It's very, as you said, very compelling. And speaking of compelling, mate... NHL, one of my favourite sports. Not a massively followed sport in Australia. One of my favourite sports. The Stanley Cup playoffs concluded yesterday. Um, don't know if you're aware of that, but they finished yesterday. Okay. The the champions, Colorado Avalanche. They um they beat the Tampa Bay Lightning four two um, in the best of seven series. They won the final game two one. Um, it was an absolute cracker of a series. Yeah. Um, yeah, and. To give you some context, so Tampa Bay Lightning have won the last two. Mm-hmm. They were going for the three-peat. They were going to be the first team in 40 years to do it if they'd, they'd wow. done it. Oh, and they were they were su- they're such a good team to watch. They just moved the puck so beautifully. Like, it's just um, – and so fast. Whereas Colorado Avalanche, about five or six years ago, they posted the worst record for an NHL season. Like, they were terrible. What um, was the turnaround due to? So they just essentially then – they. They recruited young kids, yeah, and they just stuck to the young kids, and they've just built up this core. They've got three or four really good players, including the player who I think this is very controversial. I think he's the best in the world, a player called Nathan McKinnon. Um, but they just got three or four players. They kept them, they developed them, and then they just you know last couple of years sort of added some pieces around it. They lost their goalie, so they added a new one. Um, but they just managed to keep the core pieces, and they ended up winning the whole thing. And they only lost. Four games for the entire playoffs. Like yeah. they were just like two of them were sweeps. Um, and if you haven't watched hockey, do yourself a favor and Google Nathan McKinnon goal against St. Louis Blues, where he skates around about seventeen different players. Um, <laughs> yeah, about four people from the crowd he managed to get around <laughs> as well. He was just—it's incredible—and gets a goal with like a couple of minutes left to force it to overtime. It is just one of the best goals you will ever see. So do yourself a favor and, and do that. But one thing I want to talk to you about with it, mate, is players playing through injury. Okay. So the hockey, they always talk about how it's a grind, especially the playoffs. It's almost the fittest team at the end wins. And if if you saw it, like at the end, some of the Colorado Avalanche players couldn't actually, they struggled to lift the cup because they were in so much pain. Yeah, wow. Like they were just, they were just spent. And one of the players, Nazim Kadri, played with a, with a broken thumb and it was so painful that he couldn't tie his own shoelaces. So pre-game, he would need someone else to do his skates up and, yes. and, and do his shoes up after the game because he couldn't do it himself. That is how much pain he's in. Um, and I think it's it's just impressive. Like, you know, we hear about it happening a little bit in AFL of, you know, you come into a grand final and, you know, you might be a bit sore. We think of Luke Hodge from 2008 playing with some, you know, possible, you know, rib issues. Um, Stephen May in the grand final last year played with a torn hamstring. There you go. As he as he let a teammate know about recently. Yeah, he uh, did. <laughs> Got um, <a> fist in. <laughs> but you know, you, like these players, some of them play for whole series with serious injuries. We've I've heard about players 
playing with like broken, you know, broken bones in their leg and stuff, and um, you know, completely torn muscles, and they just keep playing. Um, and it's incredible, but yeah, the fact that someone played not being able to do their shoelaces just <laughs> ridiculous, just isn't it? blows me away. Like, do, sorry, do that. Yeah, do you think? Do you think that the fact that they're playing on the ice numbs the pain? <laughs> and do you think then, therefore, they've got an advantage against other sports in being able to play through injury? Or do you think that doesn't really play a role? I don't think it plays a role. <laughs> a little bit. It's tough. All right. Shout out to the ice hockey players. Sorry for the disrespect. <laughs> No, look, I um, I think it's just it's just brutal toughness. Um, but honestly, it was a crack of a playoffs. If you haven't, if you're out there, listen to the podcast. Don't watch hockey. Watch some of the highlights. It is. It was that series against Tampa between Colorado and Tampa was some seriously good hockey. And pretty much all of Tampa series were really fantastic. Colorado was pretty one way. Yeah. But Tampa played like a couple of seven game series to get here. So, um. Yeah, well done to Colorado. Commiserations to Tampa. Have a have a watch of that. Who was the finals MVP? I have absolutely no idea. That's okay. <laughs> there you go. I should know that. No idea at all. Was it your mate McKinnon? I, I don't think so. I don't think it was. Um, he he was pretty good. Didn't have the most amazing finals. Had some really good moments, but he's. His actual the final series wasn't as as good. He did bit of Steph Curry about him. He did score a goal in the in the final game, but he only scored I think two goals for the the entire that entire series. So a little bit down. I would have picked him for four or five, but okay. um, like they had to shut him down. Yeah, um, but they, they put the clamps had, on, did they? They did. They just had so many good players though, like so many. So they were able to able to cover. But mate, while I was watching the ice hockey, I was watching on Ko. Goes an ad break. There's an ad for UFC. Oh. Which I don't know. I'll be honest to all the listeners out there. I know as much about UFC, I reckon, as you do about ice hockey. All I know in UFC is, is, is they fight. Yeah. And Ronda Rousey used to do UFC. She that, did. That, that is about <laughs> my, that's about my knowledge. I know, though, that you know a little bit more about it. It sounds like it's a pretty big fight this weekend, mate. Tell me a bit about it. Yeah, yeah. It's probably fair to say that if you snored through the last segment in the ice hockey, <laughs> you're probably oh, going to snore through this one as well oh, if you're not across the UFC. <laughs> uh, my analysis, wouldn't I wouldn't say it's high-tech or uh, in-depth, but I do love the UFC. I think what I like about it is I really just... I appreciate people that are good at things. And at the like in the UFC, it's obviously one-on-one, and you get to see like people's talent on display. Mm. And I think the UFC does a really good job of dramatizing it and building it up and excitement. Like they post these like um, fight week vlogs and they they pump up every fight. And just by the end, you're just like, I just want to drop 55 bucks and get a pay per view. (laughs) (laughs) Is that how much it is? 55. I think it's about 55 bucks. And look, I probably do it four or five times a year. I'll do it if I'm if I know I'm going to be home on a Sunday. I can't think of much better like entertainment than like eight to ten UFC fights and like oh I just love it I like watch all the promos I get so excited for it unfortunately no one in my house really enjoys it so it's kind of like a solo endeavor oh mate so, that's grim yeah so it's a bit sad but you know if you if you want to watch the UFC with someone hit me up Magnet Movies <laughs> Magnet Movies at gmail.com yeah I'm looking for a buddy to watch UFC with but yeah anyway there, there's a couple of big fights there's a co yeah. event this weekend UFC 276 uh, out of Vegas and the the first one is the middleweight fight between Israel Adesanya and Jared Kananir. So, 
Jared Cannonier is former heavyweight and he's come down to middleweight, which for for you, Josh, I know you know this, but I'll tell yep. the listeners the, the <laughs> difference. Do you yep. want to tell them the difference between heavyweight and middleweight? Yeah, you're weight. <laughs> <laughs> nah, so, What's heavier? So, he, he's fighting at, at, was fighting at 205 pounds. He's now fighting at 185 pounds. So he's come down. It's a pretty decent diet to get down from 205 yeah, pounds. Yeah, 185 while fighting. And he's a beast. Like He's a big striker. He hits hard. And versus Israel Adesanya, who is undefeated at the middleweight weight so he went up to light heavyweight and lost but he's 21 no 22 and 0 against it's not about against middleweight so he's like pretty much i think it, there's a bit of controversy in, in the you know ufc media of which i'm a big part of yep he, he may be the greatest middleweight of all time wow anderson silver's out there as well but so this is a tough fight i think adesanya is a, a big favorite just because at 185 he's just so long yep. and like Essentially, I don't know if you know how much it works, but essentially they they all walk around a lot heavier than what they fight at. They cut all the weight for the for the weight, and they get down to what they need to. So in this case, one eighty five, and then they just pack it back on. <laughs> so, so a lot of them fight like one ninety five and whatnot. So okay. I decided he just he's just a monster. And he can get he can get right down to one eighty five, but then can get back up. And he's yeah, he's excellent. Uh, I think he's going to win this one. Yep. And uh, yeah, but sharing the, the main event slot is uh, an Aussie who's arguably the first Aussie UFC uh, champion. He was a, a featherweight. His name is Alexander Volkanovsky. I've heard of that name. Even I've heard of this guy. Yep. Yeah. And Don't he's, know anything about him, but I've heard of him. Yeah. So out of City Kickboxing. So shout out to City Kickboxing. Uh, if they're looking to sponsor a pod, <laughs> this could be the one. Yeah. <laughs> And he's fighting Max Holloway, who arguably was the greatest featherweight of all time prior okay. to Volkanovski. This is their third fight as the trilogy, but Volkanovski's won the first two. Oh. And it's sort of like out of respect almost that Holloway's got the third fight, is the way I'm sort of reading it. Because Holloway's essentially undefeated at the featherweight weight until Volkanovski knocked him off. Then he knocked him off again, both by decision, so no knockouts, mm-hmm. which I think plays a role. And then. Holloway's gone away and just like absolutely smoked the next two contenders. And so he's got himself back up into the title picture. Um, so, yeah, it's pretty pretty exciting. We've got two championship fights. And then the last one, I don't know, don't know if you've heard of this man, big on social media, Sugar Sean O'Malley. Have you heard of him? I haven't, but I like him already. He's That's very good. Name. He's like got the face tats. He like <laughs> pretends he's playing basketball. Like he dribbles through the legs while he's fighting. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> but yeah, he's another fighter and he's at the bantamweight uh, weight and he's fighting as well. So I'm very pumped for the UFC this Sunday. Can you see yourself watching any of it? Mate. I'm, I'm coming over. Yeah. I'm coming, I'm coming over. If you're paying, I'm not paying for it. If you're the paying, meeting. If you're paying, I'll be there, mate. What, mate. what time What time does it all start? What time do I get there? I think Australian time, it kicks off at about two. Oh, I can do that. It's two weird timing, but yeah, so it's, mate, it's very exciting. You just get in there and just... UFC fans are a bit punchy, so don't, don't get like that. I, I don't like to say I'm a UFC fan because... I went to the UFC when it was in Australia, and mm-hmm. it was Adesanya versus Whitaker. And walking back to the to the station after that uh, event, I thought I was going to get killed. Like people get really g'd up by it, and want to just like hit people. So, which is fine. No, it's actually not fine. <laughs> 
But yeah, so I don't like to identify as a fight fan because I feel like it comes with that angry connotation. Sure. Which I don't attach to it. I promise, if I come over to watch it, mate, I won't get Are it. Are we going to be wrestling in between fights? <laughs> no, mate, we're not, we're not becoming that, mate. We're not doing that. I'll just come over to watch it. And then we'll love the socials. <laughs> oh, mate, dearie, mate. But no, look, I look forward to... To watching and chatting about it about next week. Yeah, and just for you as well, is there, and for, I guess, people that don't watch the UFC, is there something about fighting that, that puts you off, or is there something that you don't know about or that's not involved that would get you into it? I think the two reasons that I haven't watched it, one is because it's too expensive. <laughs> like, it's it's Mate. so expensive. Mate. Um, but Mate, two... it budget, though. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming out, right out of your half of the budget, not oh, mine. It's a um, thick budget, just so you know. <laughs> it's a very small budget. <laughs> um, but I think the other thing is that I've seen a little bit of on, on the socials is that, you know, one bloke obviously hit a bloke, hits the ground, and the guy is still standing, like, goes down and starts punching him before the... And then the ref obviously runs over and stops them punching. Yeah. But I just hate that he starts punching the guy in the face or around the neck and chest while he's down. I just reckon that's... I don't know. I reckon it's a bit, bit dog. I don't like that. Yeah, right. So you think more like the boxing angle of once you knock him down, they've that's got it. to be able to get up. Yeah, I think so. Like, yeah, that, that's that's what I think. I don't like that look. That's that's one of the reasons I don't watch it. But I reckon I'm going to try and get there Sunday, mate. Sunday, Arvo. Let's watch it. Let's do it. I love it. I love it, mate. Sounds good. Now, mate, I want to talk to you uh, about golf. I'm a massive golf fan. I've heard about this. I I love my golf. I play 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 weekly. Love watching me to golf. But what do you play off? Oh, <laughs> this is embarrassing now. <laughs> what a sneak chat. I shouldn't have mentioned I play golf. <laughs> I I'm not very good. I play for eighteen. Not very no, good. That's okay. Um, but yeah, look, since COVID, haven't played as much as I like. So it's. It's probably, at the moment, it's probably honestly about 25 for the playoff. Should we so organise a golf day? We, we should. Magnum Movers. Magnum Movers. <laughs> Magnum Movers corporate golf day, mate. Let's do it. Um, but no, at the moment, in the golf, if you, you know, for many years you've had the PGA Tour. It's the biggest tour. Yeah. Um, there's been the European Tour, which is pretty big, but not as big as the PGA, but it's always been PGA. Plus, on the side, you have the um, the, the, the four opens as well. Okay. But we've now got this new Rebel Golf League. It's called LIV or Live Golf. No one really calls it that. Everyone just calls it the Rebel Golf League or the Saudi Golf League. Um, but essentially what's happened is the Saudi Arabia, the Saudis have essentially given Greg Norman about $3 billion to start up his own golf, golf league. Yeah, well, and I, I, who's Greg Norman for context? So Greg Norman is probably one of Australia's greatest golfers. Um, you know, he's known as the Shark, um, and he choked at a couple of uh, opens when he had quite sustainable, quite quite sizey leads going to yeah. the back nine and and lost. Um, but when people think of golf, Australian golfers that aren't currently playing, most people think of Greg Norman. Yeah, and so he's gone and he's organised this this big. Big, big tournament. And so there's about 10 or 12 um, sort of different different comps throughout the year. Um, but they've got a lot of, lot of big players. So I'll just read some of the players I've got for you that you might have you might have heard of. Yeah, I'll they've take got, them off if I've heard of them. Here we go. They've got Abraham Anser. Um, Cross. <laughs> Patrick Reed. Tick. There we go. Matt Jones is an Aussie. Tick. Matthew Wolf. No. Phil Mickelson. Yes, I know. Sergio Garcia. 
I've heard the name, but I saw it on TikTok talking about this. Dustin Johnson. Yeah. Brian DeChambeau. Yeah. Lee Westwood. Yeah. Brooks Kepka. Yeah. Um, he's a big one, isn't he? He well, look, him. He's one of the big ones. He, him, um, DJ Dustin Johnson, Bryson DeChambeau, Phil Mickelson, uh, and Abraham Answer are probably the big, the biggest ones. Okay. Um, also, Louis Ustosen. He's in the. He's another big one as well. Um, so they've got eight players in the top fifty in this new golf golf tournament, and people have got an issue with this tournament for two reasons. Yeah. So the first reason that some, not many people, but some people have an issue with is that. The PGA seems prestigious, this new comps come in, and a lot of sort of people are like, or some people, you know, sort of, yeah, people who love the, the history and the tradition behind PGA don't like it. Yeah, the pure fans, the, they probably refer the, to the themselves purists, as. Yeah. yeah. They don't like it, but that's, that, they're probably in the minority. I hate that, by the way. There you go. Just say it. Johnny, been, Johnny's not a purist. I'm not. I'm um, not. Just in most sport, actually, to be fair, if you try to take test cricket away from me, I'd be pretty flat. But <laughs> I think there's got to be some progression. Yeah. But tell me about the other issue because I think this is the bigger one. The, this is this is the big one. Um, the fact that the Saudis are are bankrolling it is the problem. Okay. So as we know, they've got some significant human rights issues. Um, there Just was the, to gloss over them, what are they? There was the one recently where the US journalist was killed and then mm. dismembered with a bone saw to Yikes. be to be brutal. Um, and they've they've had a lot of things with um, you know just just killing people for views they don't agree with. Um, there's been a lot of human human rights stuff. And when Greg Norman was asked about it. He essentially said, "Oh, people make mistakes." Oh, okay, like it's it's <laughs> thanks, Greg. It's, it's, it's not a great look. Like it's, it's a good uh, take, really. Like, <laughs> what else do you say at that point? Well, like it's it's just like, and people just couldn't believe he said it. Like it's, yeah, like it's a you, miss, isn't you've it? You've got three billion dollars. Don't you put some money into like PR training? Like, what is he doing? Um, so people, a lot of people are against it for for that reason. I'm I'm honest i'm in that boat as well i love the idea of another league mm. i think it's a great idea they've also split like them up into teams of four and they win as teams i love that idea as well mm. i don't love the fact that it is being bankrolled by these people who have massive massive human rights issues um what are your thoughts on that mate yeah i was just thinking is is the other side to that the the positive idea that somebody who may not be able to make a living out of playing professional sport may now get the opportunity to so that is so that is the positive. Um, we today, just today, a a Spaniard by the name of Eugenio Chicara, who's Shout the out. number second, so number two uh, amateur in the world. Yeah, he's just um, he's he's amazing, amazing golf. He's just signed up for that very reason. Yeah. So I think again, if we take away the human rights stuff, I think it's a great opportunity for some of these golfers to earn, yeah, money. Yeah. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong here. I don't. I'm not. Like too familiar with how the the Saudis operate, but isn't it more beneficial if their money is spent on giving other people like progression in professional sport and entertainment? Obviously, they're going to make a big kickback themselves as well off the the viewership and rights in in that space. But I think it, it's better than the money could be spent otherwise. Otherwise, like I mean, I don't know how they could otherwise spend their money, but I think it's valuable that it's providing entertainment, sport, and then opportunities for jobs and you know people to make a living playing professional sport i think that largely is a positive thing and is there some scope for for that like saudi way of thinking in the 
I guess, the social issues that come along with that to progress? Look, I, I certainly see where you're coming from. I think the issue is that by playing this sport is that and watching it, people are almost sort of saying it's it's okay what you're doing. Mm. Like, we'll, we'll happily put that aside. We'll forget about that because you're putting $3 billion into this sport. We've got all these big players playing. Um, so I think I think the problem is that it's um, sort of... And you're not necessarily saying, oh, it's all fine, but it's sort of that acceptance, mm. the acceptance of what's happening, I think, is the issue. Um, but on this topic, mate, we have our first ever listener question. Oh, This is exciting. I was so excited. So um, got an email from Jeff. Jeff's a huge fan of the show. He's reached out through magnetmovers at gmail.com. That's right. And if you have any questions... Send us an email, as you said. Hit, hit us with it again, Johnny. Magnetmovers at gmail.com. Spot on. So <laughs> send, send us a question. He's got, look, he's got a, he's got a two-parter question. All right. And he's clearly, he's clearly against the new league. I'll feel right. this from Jeff. Here we go. So question number one. Should the Australian government remove Greg Norman's citizenship <laughs> <laughs> and ban him from ever returning to Australia? That's the first question. Okay. Oh, look, we'll, we'll deal with that one first. I think... Whilst I don't agree with what's going on, I think citizenship removal is probably slightly strong. Slightly strong. So I think it's um, quite, quite passionate there from Jeff. I actually agree with Jeff. <laughs> Flick him. <laughs> See you, Greg. You didn't mind the league, mate. Give, give us a couple of bill and leave. <laughs> <laughs> and then the, the, the second question is, should all golf shops stop selling all Greg Norman products? Ooh. Which is actually a, a really interesting question. Yeah, um, it's the... It's the cancel culture of, of golf. I yeah, love it. it. It is. And look, it's, it's, I've thought of this one a, a little bit. I think, I think they possibly should. I think, it's, I think it makes a stand. I think it's their way of saying, you know what? Supporting this league is not okay because of the human rights issues. Um, I, I think it's a good call. What about you? I'm saying no. Okay. I think people have the, the freedom to, to look at it, whether if you want to think of, oh, for these social issues, I don't agree with it, and therefore I'm not going to engage with the content. But I think if you do want to engage it, you want to watch more golf, and you know that's your favourite sport, and the products are there, and you want to support, you know, I, from what I can understand, he's a, a golfing legend. Then I think play on. There you I go. think it should be freedom of the consumer to choose. I don't think that should be regulated. No, that, fair enough. There you Happy go. to debate that with you, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> send in some more questions, Jeff. Yeah. Send in some more views. There you go. So you've got me in your corner, but uh, but not Johnny. So there you go. Now, Johnny, one of my favourite segments now, movie review. Oh, mate. It's I'll, back for a second week. I, I know. As for popular demand, people couldn't live without this one. <laughs> well, look, it's back by demand. I don't know if it was popular, the demand. But, but it's demand back. of one. <laughs> my demand. But it's, but it's back anyway. Um now, I just thought I'd very quickly touch on last week. Quick quick notes. We are Marshall. I just did some quick research. If you want to watch that from last week, it's on Binge and Paramount Plus. Yeah. So who really who hasn't got Paramount Plus, by the way? <laughs> oh, surely everyone has Paramount <laughs> yeah, Plus. Yeah, you, you get that for We Are Marshall in the A-League, which we love. <laughs> Sorry, Sorry, Paramount and the A-League for that one. <laughs> if you want to sponsor us, reach out. Magnumusicgmail.com. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I don't think they're going to sponsor us, mate. I hate to say it based off that. But yeah. um, so this week, I watched Invictus. Oh, I've seen this. Which, as a heads up, is not available on any streaming sites. You've got to get that on iTunes. <laughs> <laughs> on the Blu ray player. Had a quick look. I, I already had it on DVD, so that was fine. But <laughs> oh, if you that's don't. That's a shock. Uh, if, if you don't, iTunes. Yeah. <laughs> so I watched Invictus. 
Okay. Just quickly to give a little bit of background about the film. Um, it's set just at the ending of the South African apartheid in the 90, early 1990s. And it starts with essentially Nelson Mandela, played by Morgan Freeman. He's pretty much just become president. And so it sort of half tracks his first year or so of presidency while also following the the Springboks, who are the rugby team of South Africa. The captain is played by Matt Damon. And it sort of tracks the interaction between sort of politics and rugby and the whole country coming together through the scope of sport, in this case, the Rugby World Cup. Yeah. Um, so I think that the movie did some really some things really well. I thought Matt Damon and Morgan Freeman, as you'd expect. I love Morgan Freeman. They're incredible. Yeah. Which like, I'm in, in the minority there, aren't I? <laughs> Hot no. take, Morgan Freeman is good at acting. <laughs> <laughs> he, like, I mean, those two, they, they, they're, just, they're just so good. So I think the movie, did, I think the casting choice was really good. Yeah. However, this is probably slightly controversial. I didn't really like the film. Most people like Invictus, and I thought those two, again, really well. But for me, I, the sports scenes, and this is obviously a sports podcast. Yeah. I didn't think the sports scenes were very good. I've okay. seen a lot of sports movies with better sports scenes. Um, didn't, like, didn't find them that good. And I just sort of felt like they tried to cram too much into the movie. And so you just kind of, by the end, you, were, you just weren't feeling the attachment to the Springboks I think you were meant to. Like when I watched We Are Marshall, like I was, yeah. like I was almost went to Marshall University Guernsey by the end, mate. <laughs> like I was an number one supporter. I couldn't, I couldn't get enough of them. Whereas in this one, I just didn't really care for Springboks one. You're going like, for the Aussies. Well, well I wasn't. <laughs> they, they, they beat, they beat them pretty early on. But the finals between them and New Zealand, and I didn't really, you know, New Zealand's our sort of neighbour. Yeah. Got to back for the Kiwis. That's it. Um, Who so, got the Chockies? Oh, spoilers all that, mate. No, I'm not going to do that, mate. Okay. Yeah, not okay. going to give spoilers. Yeah. Um, but I, I go the movie three out of five stars. Oh, Josh. So that's... Josh look, Danger Ranger. Look, mate, he's coming hitting hard here. He calls. He calls. Um, have you seen have you seen I have Invictus? seen it. I have seen it and I loved it. There we I go. Think, I think for me, movies much like sport are about how it makes you feel. And I felt excellent watching that. Just, I was so satisfied and... I. I just overwhelmed with like I just loved it. I just I walked out of it feeling like this is great. What a story! Which I like when when sport almost tells a story within it. Yep. And so yeah, I'm a I'm a sucker for some sport movies. This is one of them. I think it's excellent. Yeah, I would have. I haven't watched it in probably the last two or three years, so I might need to brush up on it to give it an accurate accurate sort of I'll, rating. I'll lend it to you, mate. I'll give oh, you the DVD. <laughs> yeah, I'll put it on my DVD player. I have six of them. <laughs> Do you own a DVD player? Uh, no. Oh, no. I recently sold my PlayStation on Marketplace, oh. which was my only vehicle for watching DVDs. <laughs> I'll buy you a DVD player and I'll lend <laughs> you a spender. DVD. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I reckon I would, I would give it probably four out of five. Yep. I really liked it. Probably not uh, up there with the best, best sport movies for mine, but up there in terms of movies. So yeah, four out of five, I would say, but mine needs to brush up on it. There you go. Well, you've heard it, guys. I've given it three out of five. Johnny's given it four out of five. But the sport, the, the movie reviews my section. So three and a half, three and a, three out of five. Is what three out of five, them. and yeah, we'll give we'll get out to you. That, that, that's it. Um, all right, so Johnny, to finish us off. Oh, I'm excited for this. I I was I was reading through the new the news, and we chatted about the Big Bash last week with the draft. It's come up again. Okay. All right, and now Usman Kawaja, Australian batsman, yep. has come out and said he thinks the Big Bash should be privatized. 
Yeah. So people should be allowed to buy the franchises, is his, is his thought. Yeah. And as a result, they'll then have more money. Yeah. And they can then spend the big bucks, get the good players. Yeah. So I was thinking, let's just say that Magnum Movers <laughs> became... PTY, real, LTD. L- 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 let's just say that we, this podcast became massive. Right? Yeah. M- million dollar empire. Yeah. We're going to sound silly when this is massive. <laughs> that, that's right. And this actually happens. Yeah. And we decided, you know, we're going to buy a BBL franchise. Yeah. All right. What, well, first of all, which, which one would you buy? And then I want some names. What would you call the franchise? You, you're allowed to rename it. What would you call it? Okay. I, I reckon we buy the Canes because I think the Tassie fan base is like, they get behind their sporting teams. Like, really well. And I think uh, there's a very big sporting part of Australia, Tassie. I think, yeah, I think we should go for the Canes. Yep. And we should unite Tassie. So Hobart's only only one part of Tassie. I think we should call them... I might need a second. Uh, but something, Tassie something. All right, there we go. I'll, tell, I'll come back to you. You can yeah, think about I'm Tassie. I'm going to think about that, yeah. Because I've thought about this. Okay, good. So, what have you got for me? I'm buying the Melbourne Stars. Oh, because we're both based in Melbourne. <laughs> yep. Play at the MCG. Okay. We love and that. And the Melbourne Stars have hurt me too many times. Oh. So I need to buy it and take it over. Okay. Right? So I've come up with... I've, I had a few thoughts. My first thought was oh, to nice. call them the Melbourne Chokers because all they, <laughs> all they do is choke. <laughs> Sums up the team pretty well. That's it, yeah. All right? So that was my first thought. But I thought, you know what? Probably... Probably slightly too far. Yeah. You know? I wouldn't really like... How do you market that? <laughs> Look, and that's, that's the problem, isn't yeah. it? You know? Second thought was, you know, you just call them the Melbourne Magnets, you know? Yes, Get the I see that. on board. Yeah, okay, I see that. So that was, that was my second thought. My other thought is, people think of Melbourne, they think of two things generally, sport and coffee. Yeah, right. Melbourne we've already, lattes. We've already got... <laughs> well, no, because I like my alliteration. We've already got the sport aspect. We've bought a team. Okay. Coffee, we're going to call them the Melbourne Mochaccinos. <laughs> What do you think, mate? The Melbourne Mochaccinos. Well, I reckon it'd be big. I think they're going to come out and absolutely dominate the Mochaccinos. <laughs> oh, oh, mate, you can have the big coffee cup as, like, your mascot. 100% you could. be strutting around. Oh, mate, that's... And imagine, like, you know, between the innings, your competitions could be, you know, can you hit the ball into the big coffee cup? Oh. Like, you have so many competitions around it. And the marketing opportunities there are endless. Oh, oh mate. So you, know, you could have, a, like, a Melbourne Mochaccinos coffee store... Where, like, you know, Mochaccinos wouldn't really be sold because they suck and anyone who drinks them is weird. <laughs> Shout out. <laughs> but, then, but there you go. I'm going Melbourne Mochaccinos, mate. So, uh, so I've bought Melbourne Stars. I call them Melbourne Mochaccinos. Have you thought of a, a, of a Tassie team? Yeah. Here I, we go. I think I'm going to probably play a straight bat oh. and, and the Tassie Tyrannosaurus Rexes. <laughs> I love it. So... <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think I'm going to have Rex Hunt be the voice of, of the franchise. He's going to come out of retirement and uh, he's going to be the voice of the franchise. And I think the big push is going to be just to like have punter in there just clipping people. Like, I think cricket is an ego sport where you just need to be put in your place by someone who's better than you. Yeah. And I think punter can do that really well as a good Tasmanian himself. Yep. Um, can we bring Tim Payne, like getting back on the straight and narrow after a scandal was probably... Yeah, he's pretty stiff in that one. Um, but we, yeah, we'll bring Painter out and he can sort of get out there in the leadership sort of role, maybe off field. And yeah, we'll make the Tassie Tyrannosaurus Rexes. 
mate. The next big thing in the Big Bash. I like it, mate. The T-Rex is me, the Mochachinos, mate. What a rivalry that'll be. Yeah, absolutely. There we go. Oh, I love it. Well, mate, I think I think that's I think that's us today. That's all we wanted to talk about. That's a wrap. So again, if you have any questions, email us magnetmovers at gmail.com. Mate, thanks for that. I've just got to quickly add before we finish, we've got another footy match this Thursday night. You were successful in our first tipping uh, event. We've got Bulldogs versus Brisbane. Uh, I, I want to hear where you're going with this one because I need to get one back on you. Where is it? Gabba. The Gabba? Yeah. Oh, Brisbane. Brisbane? Brisbane How far? Brisbane by 30, 31 points. 31 points. There you go. What are you going I'm calling a shootout. I think similar to the Giants Bulldogs, I think it'll be a shootout. I think the dogs get him. There we go. Yeah. Oh, here we oh, go. I'm looking forward to going to it. Two, two yeah. Here, oh, I mean, I, I kind of was forced into taking a roughie there. I probably should have said, who do you think is going to win? I think the Brisbane Lions. <laughs> <laughs> but no, nah, it's exciting, mate. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll catch up next week and uh, see how we go with this one. Sounds good. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll uh, catch you next Thursday. That's it. Moving magnets.